This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. You're listening to Higher Love, the podcast that poses the question, what if we quit falling in love and instead chose to rise in love? I'm your host, Jordana Levine, and this is a podcast series about love, yes, but a huge piece of the love puzzle is dating. And I'm not sure if you've noticed, but we've spent most of 2020 knee-deep in a pandemic, making dating a little trickier than we'd anticipated. If finding love feels further away than ever, and you're slipping in and out of, oh, I'm fine, and am I going to be single forever? Settle in, get your pen and notebook ready, because this podcast series is going to guide you into finding not just any love, but a higher love, pandemic and all. Welcome to episode one of Higher Love. During this podcast series, you're going to learn how to date with more ease. And yes, it is possible to date in the time of COVID. But before you even contemplate dipping your toe in the dating pool, there's no actual pool FYI, so no actual risk of drowning. There's a few things that you're going to do so that you walk into your next dating experience a whole magnetic and confident person. Because although dating can be fun, it can also be fraught, frightening, and in too many cases, fatally flawed. We become so consumed with impressing, dazzling, and thinking, oh God, please let them like me, that we forget to stop and think, do I actually like them? Dating, if we're not doing it consciously, can be something we throw ourselves into with little clarity about the depth surrounding terrain and our ability to stay afloat. And then before we know it, we're drowning in the middle of the sea with nothing but a life vest and none of the fish that everyone tells you are swimming just below the surface. Well, I'm here to tell you that dating doesn't have to be like this. There's a way to do it differently that has nothing to do with playing games or remembering pickup lines and zero to do with the size of your hips or how fiercely you sway them. The only thing needed for dating with more success is you. It all comes down to strengthening your personal vibration, which we're going to be talking about a lot on this podcast, because you know what a strong vibration attracts? Everything that is in your highest interest, including the love you're longing to create, deserve, and are oh so goddamn worthy of. I've written a book about all the things we'll touch on over the course of this podcast series, and it too is called Higher Love. That book shares many of my intimate and personal stories, but this podcast is not about me, it's about you. I've called on the help of three women who, much like you, are searching for love, but not just your regular everyday love, a higher love, a love that poses the question, 
What if we quit falling in love and instead chose to rise in love? So look, there's no pussyfooting around it. Dating in the time of COVID is definitely an adjustment, but it is doable. And as we move through this podcast series, you'll find that there's actually quite a bit of work to do before the dating bit even begins, which makes the slower pace of social distancing and restrictions a little silver lining when it comes to love. And although I'm not about to pretend that this isn't the year the world was sideswiped by a global pandemic, I will be expecting you the listener, who is looking for love, to take some of the advice you hear in this podcast and actually date. And yes, some of that might be over Zoom or walking through the park with a mask on or getting to know each other over the phone. I know, revolutionary. But no matter the obstacle, the most important thing I want you to take away from this podcast is that you deserve a higher love. We all do. In this first episode, I'm going to introduce you to three magnificent women. Perhaps you'll identify with one of them. You might even identify with bits of all of them. But first, a bit of context. These three women are heterosexual and we will be discussing their dating lives in relation to dating men. However, I do strongly believe that the messages in this podcast are universal And if the gender or sexuality references don't fit your experience of love, I hope that you're still able to extract truth from them and apply them in a way that honours you. Love is love, after all. Two of the women you'll be hearing from over the course of this podcast series are from Sydney and one is from Melbourne. When we began working together and recording this series, Melbourne was in the first of its stage four lockdown, which made dating less than easeful. New South Wales was able to move around a little more freely, but the luxury of meeting someone in the wild was a little trickier with all of the restrictions placed on pubs, bars and restaurants, aka your dating hotspots. As we move through this series, you'll hear from Beck, Courtney and Phoebe as they lived and breathed the road to a higher love that you yourself are about to embark on. Over the next few episodes, we'll be exploring their dating history, the tired old love stories that keep them stuck, how they want to experience love going forward, how they can start dating differently, how to get the most out of dating apps, and of course, dating in the time of COVID, all in the hope of helping these women and you find a higher love. Think The Bachelor without the rose ceremony or a hot astrophysicist and like a bunch of really helpful and practical advice. So let's meet the ladies, shall we? First, we have Beck. She's single, 32, a Capricorn, lives in Melbourne, works in advertising and is an extroverted introvert. Beck likes swimming in the ocean until you get all pruney. The sound of a basketball swishing through a hoop And she adores words so much so that she's created her own dictionary. She calls it the Beckionary. Beck doesn't like loud chewers, people who flake, and reptiles. This is how Beck describes herself. I would describe myself as a sassy gay man stuck in a woman's body. I would also describe myself as an excellent third wheeler, a really bad but enthusiastic dancer, and an inappropriate joker. This is how Beck's friends describe her. 
My friends would describe me as sassy, aggressively witty, ghetto fab, so essentially Cardi B. Next, we have Courtney. Courtney is single, 36, an Aquarius, originally from Adelaide but now lives in Sydney. She works in radio and is an extrovert. Courtney loves hitting the gym and long coastal walks and she too does not appreciate loud eaters and has no time for slow walkers. This is how Courtney describes herself. I'm a little pocket rocket, full of energy. Yeah, I have enthusiasm for life and doing adventures and I want to experience a lot out of life. So I am can be pretty full on for people. I'm loud, I'm outgoing. I have a lot of energy and I want to be doing things all the time. So some people like that space, that quiet time to themselves, which I also do myself, but maybe sometimes I don't know the boundaries with that. <laughs> this is how Courtney's friends describe her. Very much the same. Every Everybody knows everything about me. So anyone who's interacted with me knows I'm loud, I'm outgoing. You know, you can hear me from the other room. Um, I'm generally kind of the centre of attention or holding the room storytelling. So my friends would definitely describe me the same way. Lastly, we have Phoebe. Phoebe is single, 25, a Virgo, lives in the eastern suburbs of Sydney, is studying to be a naturopath and is an introvert. Phoebe loves being active, the outdoors, reading and the Real Housewives series. Phoebe dislikes fake people, laziness and stinginess. This is how Phoebe describes herself. So I would describe myself as a bit of a nerd, really. I'm quiet and a bit shy getting to know new people, but once I'm comfortable with you, I'm really quite loud and outgoing and bubbly. This is how Phoebe's friends describe her. I think my friends would describe me as multifaceted. Um, some would probably say I'm a little bit wild, but I think all of them would agree I'm kind-hearted and I'm a good listener. So at this point, the burning question is why are all of these seemingly intelligent, capable, active, social and attractive women single? In fact, when I was casting for this podcast series, I was sent 250 video applications of incredible eligible, smart, funny, gorgeous women who were all very, very single. So I asked Beck, Courtney and Phoebe why they thought they were still kicking it solo. The answers were all quite different. Can you relate to any of these? I'm a bit of a turtle when it comes to dating. Um, if I so much as spot a red flag, I'll retreat back into my shell. So I'm, I'm a bit sus and I'm a bit picky. I would classify relationships as Mr. Biggs, so those are your real serious ones, and Aidens, which is your semi-casual ones, and, you know, you're consistently seeing each other. I would say that my last Mr. Big was two years ago, and my last Aiden was over a year ago. Okay, I'm sorry. Beck is the queen of the metaphor, as you'll soon discover as we move throughout this series. But we all know that there really is only one Aiden. But we get your point, Beck. And I digress. I've been hurt from a past relationship, and I, I believe I hold and carry a lot of issues from that. So trust is a big one, and I think that means that I hold back a lot. So I'm trying more now as I get older to be open and 
and not let that affect me. But I do really feel like that was a big love learning experience for me that has put me in a place where it's hard to hard to let go of that. My last relationship was a five-year relationship and it was seven years ago. So I've been single seven years. I've thought about why I'm still single so much. I used to think it always boiled down to a self-love thing, you know, not loving and accepting myself enough. But the past few years, I can safely say I definitely do really love myself. So now I just have a theory. It's an Eastern Suburbs man thing. They don't want to settle down. They've got too much choice and it's just hard to find someone to commit, especially being in, you know, my mid-20s. You're not quite at that marriage age. So it's a little bit of an awkward phase. My last relationship never began, so I have been single for 25 years. What you'll learn as we move through this series is that Phoebe, like many of us, has been telling herself a story about men in the eastern suburbs of Sydney and consequently dates men that live up to that story without even realising it. Courtney has held on to the pain of a past relationship. I mean, are you even a single gal if you haven't? And it has affected every other relationship she has attempted since. And Beck has been trying to find a man that lives up to a 58-point checklist. You'll hear about that checklist soon enough and why we should never write one. But first, let's have a look at Beck, Courtney and Phoebe's dating history so that we can get a good idea of their experience in the pursuit of love and what past relationship guff they're dealing with. Perhaps you can relate. I would describe my dating history as a series of happy accidents. Uh, I haven't purposely dated in the past. I've kind of just fallen into these situationships and relationships. So dating was happening to me and not for me. I would describe my relationship history as having bounced around from relationship to relationship when I was younger, but seemingly find that so much harder to achieve now And I can't even blame that on COVID. I would describe my dating history as a series of disappointments. But no matter how disappointing or brief or complicated your dating history is, there is always one that stands out. One relationship does stand out for me from my past. I call it the Mr. Big. I think everyone has a Mr. Big, um, and that's a Sex and the City reference. And it's the one that just hits different and changes you. My big one from eight years ago, it was a five-year relationship, and that that was my big love lesson. It was, for me, I thought that was the one, and I put everything into that. You know, we we travelled together. We lived interstate together. I moved for him. We bought a house. We had a dog. And... Our lives were intertwined with our friendships and sport and all those things. So that's where I thought it was leading to and unfortunately not what happened. (laughs) He had an affair and from that affair there was a child. Yeah, that all came out of the woodwork, unfortunately, when we were living together interstate. It literally happened because this woman he had a child with went to his family home and said, this is your son's baby and he needs to step up and own it and be a part of it. And at this point in time, that child was two. So he'd been keeping that to himself for that long. And I just don't know how someone lives like that. But yeah, so his family called him and said, we know about this child and you need to tell Courtney. And from there, my life just flipped upside down. 
I mean, I look back on that relationship now, as you do, and I've overanalyzed everything as part of it. And, and there were some very early red flags, but I was at the age where I thought this guy was going to be the one. So I really tried to make it work. And I think put too many things aside to make it work. And if there's not one clear person that stands out, perhaps there's a pattern that just keeps playing out. So a pattern that definitely stands out for me is getting stuck in these power struggle dynamics where a guy likes me, but they're too scared to commit. And I spend my time trying to prove myself as worthy enough of dating and trying to get them to change their mind. Oh, can relate. Patterns are not uncommon and you often find yourself with a type. It's not always the type of person you'd like to attract, but yet the type of person you date over and over again. I get all hot and bothered for anyone with an overinflated sense of ego. It's that beady, zaddy type of energy. You know, he's a real slick Rick um, and he usually wears a suit for his nine to five. And BDE for those uninitiated? BDE is a big dick energy. Um, someone who's just real confident. Um, but then I started thinking about this and I think women can have BDE, but I call it BCE, which is big clit energy. Thanks for the clarification, Beck. Okay. Where were we? Courtney's type. I tend to date guys that are into fitness like me. So they're physically normally rig city and in good condition, great eyes. They generally work in fitness or sport. And so my friends are always like, oh, not another personal trainer. Personality-wise, they're charismatic and they've got a sense of humour and they get me in with their good banter and their chats and they're quite independent. But this also means they're normally emotionally closed and not ready. And I always seem to be the one before the one. My type is big, athletic, masculine, a really Aussie guy, an alpha male, ideally in a job like an architect, project manager, or engineer. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. What's important to be aware of when it comes to your type is why you continue to attract them and equally why you're attracted to them. As we move throughout this podcast series, you'll become so self-aware about who you are, what you value, and what you will and won't compromise on that your type will likely shift. I cannot promise you a soulmate or even a plus one to your best friend's wedding, but by the end of this podcast, I can promise that you'll discover what it is you truly desire in a relationship, what lights you up, and most importantly, how you want to feel in love. But in order to find that love we're all seeking, first you've got to date them. So I asked the ladies, what is it that you fear most about dating? I think the bit about dating that scares me the most is picking the wrong one. You know, I'm, I'm always afraid that my picker is off. And it's a bit like being at an ice cream shop 
and you're staring at all the flavors and you just can't decide if you want to go with, you know, your old faithful, so mint chocolate chip, or do you risk it and go with the special or do you just like randomly surprise yourself and go with a lemon sorbet? I fear that I'm never going to be enough for someone. I fear that I'll never fully be able to trust again and fear that maybe there isn't anyone out there for me or that I'll never find them. Like maybe that's not part of my journey. What scares me about dating is the thought of being cheated on. Obviously, I've never been cheated on, but the thought of it just makes me want to cry and breaks my heart. And what about the things that they really enjoy about dating? So I love the getting to know you bit about dating because it's kind of like solving a jigsaw puzzle and and you're trying to figure out whether their weird, quirky, special bits fit in with your weird, quirky, special bits and you're just you're just solving. I love that dating is a real test of your conversational skills. I really enjoy getting to know each other and trying to really understand the person that they are and exchanging stories. It's a real endorphin hit too when you meet someone and you really feel that spark and that energy between you. It's really fun. I'm a hopeless romantic, so I just love all the lovey-dovey stuff, candlelit dinners, the butterflies in your stomach feeling, and just that feeling when their name pops, pops up on your phone. I love that feeling too. See, dating can be fun. I think sometimes what happens, and it's definitely happened during COVID, is that you have one bad date or perhaps you're still healing from a past heartbreak and you convince yourself that dating is shit. Dating is hard but not shit and it will be less hard the more you familiarise yourself with what it means to find a higher love. In the next episode of this podcast series, we're going to explore your personal vibration and discover why it's so integral when it comes to your love life. If you've automatically envisaged yourself pulsating down the street like a life-size vibrator, let me stop you right there. Your personal vibration is your energetic makeup, is what creates your personal energetic field, and it's what will transform you into a magnet of the love variety. Soon enough, you'll be manifesting a higher love, but a strong personal vibration goes so much deeper than that. Dating and love aside, a healthy, vibrant and radiant personal vibration has the ability to attract incredible, advantageous and seemingly miraculous opportunities, experiences and yes, people into your orbit. If you're hearing words like energy and manifestation and thinking, oh, lady with the microphone, I do not subscribe to woo-woo spiritual shit. To that I say, mind your language, but also stick with me. This stuff isn't woo-woo. All I'm talking about is a greater sense of self-awareness and some really simple energetic facts about attraction. But before I leave you, let's set the scene for what we're here to create. I asked the ladies what they're looking for in a partner and the kind of love they would like to manifest. I'd like you to contemplate this for yourself before the next episode. What I'm looking for in a partner is someone who matches my energy and can move with me. And if you were to boil it down into simple terms, it's a true partnership where you're both moving together. It's a team. Think Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan. Think Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. Someone that moves with you and and just sees you in life and hears you and recognizes you for you. 
What I'm looking for when it comes to love is a feeling, a feeling and an energy that is feeling alive and feeling excited and feeling challenged and feeling accepted and and feeling safe as well while you're feeling that roller coaster of emotions. I'm looking for a partner in life that has the same goals and morals as me to go out and experience things together and grow old together, someone who's honourable and loyal and trustworthy and who's in it for the long term. I've always thought and wanted to be with one person when when you get married. So I think as I get older, that's going to be much easier, to be honest. So, yeah, just someone to be with forever. I'm looking for that amazing chemistry. I believe in twin flames. I really want like another piece of me, another part of me just to help me build my empire. So whether you want to build an empire and become the next Beyonce and Jay-Z, looking for a long-term life partner who has the same goals and morals, or a dream team duo like Jordan and Pippen, I guarantee by the end of this series, you'll be one step closer. In preparation for the next episode, I'd like to take you into a really simple visualisation exercise. If you're driving the car or any heavy machinery for that matter, perhaps wait until you're seated in a quiet space and come back to this exercise. If you're out on a walk, perhaps take a seat under a tree in the park. And if you're at home with screaming kids running around, I give you permission to stick them in front of a screen for, oh, I don't know, this should only take five minutes. Find a really comfortable spot. It could be on the couch, on the floor, out in nature. The setting isn't all that important, just that you feel comfortable and at ease. Close your eyes. Center yourself by taking three deep breaths. And then begin to recall the times in your life when you felt most true to you. A time when you felt like your most authentic self. The most easeful version of you. A time when you feel so comfortable that you can just let your truest self shine for me it's when I'm around my best friends and almost always when I'm walking through the rainforest I also funnily enough get this feeling when I'm talking to large groups of people I feel confident intelligent funny and witty words flow easily I feel relaxed in my body I feel incredibly expansive and this real sense of safety sweeps over me when does that happen for you imagine yourself fully submerged in that situation where you're feeling like your most authentic self And then I want you to ask yourself the following questions. How do I feel in my body? 
Which emotions come easily to me when I feel like the best version of myself? What is my posture like? How do I communicate? What opportunities come easily to me when I am in full alignment? This is you at your most authentic, when your personal vibration is strong and firing on all cylinders. Familiarize yourself with these feelings and sensations in your body. Take a deep inhale breath and a long, smooth exhale and then open your eyes. Okay, I have some homework for you. I want you to notice the situations, experiences, people and things that get you closer to that feeling, i.e. that strengthen your personal vibration. And also be aware of the situations, experiences, people and things that get you further away from it, i.e. that weaken your personal vibration. In the next episode, we're going to be diving deep into what your personal vibration is how you decipher it, how to strengthen it, and equally, how to be aware of the things that weaken it. We're also going to look at values, intuition, natural talents, and why Marie Kondo was onto something with the whole, or what brings you joy thing. If you're still confused about what your personal vibration has to do with love and dating, know this, dating is a vetting process. An opportunity for you to go out into the world with your own set of vibrations and match them with a person who has got their own set of vibrations. But the current reality is that many of us head into the dating scene not really sure of who we are, never mind who or what we want. And if we suffer a few battle scars, we label ourselves broken, delete the app and then convince ourselves of the perks of being single. And while there are so many perks to being single... I have a feeling if you're listening to this podcast, then staying single is not your end goal. And as we learned earlier from Beck, Courtney and Phoebe, there are various reasons why you're likely still single. I know I've often wondered, am I getting it wrong? What secrets do I not know? Am I too intimidating? Too funny? It's because I'm too hilarious, isn't it? One time after I kept attracting men who said they loved what a go-getter I was until they absolutely did not and found it intimidating AF, I actually said to a girlfriend, I think it's time I dull my sparkle. So please, let me interject before anyone even contemplates dimming their sparkle. Sometimes you're not necessarily doing anything wrong. Sometimes it's all about timing. And perhaps the timing is all about listening to this podcast, ordering my new book, implementing some really simple tweaks to your personal vibration, which we will be diving into in the next episode, and getting super clear on what kind of love you want to attract. Your self-worth might need a little self-work too, but that's what I'm here for. Working on improving your self-worth can feel like a chore, but the truth is it's the most beneficial thing you can do for the future you. A high level of self-worth enables you to manifest anything with ease, especially love. Sure, it's a constant work in progress, but not only will it ensure a better dating experience, 
It will also guarantee that you come out the other side, relationship or no relationship, as a whole human. And that's where we'll start in the next episode of Higher Love. If you're enjoying this podcast series and you'd like to dive deeper into finding a higher love, my new book, also named Higher Love, is available now for pre-order by following the link in the show notes of this episode or heading directly to jordanalevine.com. While you're there, check out my best-selling debut book, Make It Happen, and my other two podcast shows. That's if you're not sick of listening to my voice already. And if you are enjoying this podcast series, I'd love you to share it with your friends by taking a screenshot on your phone and sharing it to your Instagram stories. You can tag me at Jordana Levine, J-O-R-D-A-N-N-A-L-E-V-I-N. I'm Jordana Levine, and you've been listening to Higher Love. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.